Well, welcome everyone to Functional Medicine Research. I'm Dr. Hedberg, the founder of the Hedberg Institute, a virtual education platform that helps healthcare practitioners learn how to practice highly effective functional medicine. The Institute helps practitioners improve patient outcomes, which leads to more referrals and a more successful practice. Visit hedberginstitute.com for a free month. All right, so in this podcast, I'm going to be talking about hypochlorhydria, how to diagnose it, how to recognize it, signs and symptoms, testing, and uh, you'll get a nice overview today of how to address hypochlorhydria. So normal gastric pH should be less than three. So if the gastric pH rises to four or higher, this indicates hypochlorhydria. So if the values get below four, then the capability of killing bacterial invaders uh, begins to change. And that's what our gastric acid does is it protects us from all the pathogens that we eat. So gastric juices, again, once they start to get above three, this is the beginning stages of hypochlorhydria. There is an increased prevalence of intestinal bacterial overgrowth if the pH gets to four or higher. And achlorhydria, which means no hydrochloric acid, that is a pH above seven. So there's a few categories. You have acquired hypochlorhydria. This is just from malnutrition. And that's the leading cause of acquired hypochlorhydria. And then iatrogenic, this is the most common form of hypochlorhydria. This is due to medications that reduce stomach acid, antacids, H2 blockers, proton pump inhibitors. Proton pump inhibitors or PPIs, these are one of the top 10 most commonly prescribed drugs in the world, unfortunately. This has contributed to the rise in iatrogenic hypochlorhydria. So, Patients taking PPIs, their stomach pH is generally between 5 and 7. So that's going to cause some major problems. Like you have an alteration in the gut microbiome in patients who take PPIs. PPIs are connected to SIBO, dysbiosis, candida. There's increased risk of infection like C. diff, other enteric bacterial infections, colitis, pneumonia even. And you get impaired absorption of nutrients and drugs. So you'll get uh, nutrient deficiencies in iron, calcium, magnesium, B vitamins, and protein in patients on PPIs. PPIs are also connected to gastric cancer, osteoporosis, kidney injury and kidney disease, impaired drug absorption, and just overall mortality increases on PPIs. So when you're working with patients, what are the signs and symptoms of hypochlorhydria? Belching after meals, bloating, gas, morning diarrhea, diarrhea after heavy meals, constipation, muscle cramping, rosacea, dilated capillaries around the nose and the maxilla, early satiety, weight loss, anemia, heartburn, indigestion, sensation of food sitting in the stomach, halitosis, fatigue, depression, poor quality fingernails, brittle hair, hair loss. 
And the symptoms tend to be worse when eating meat. So what causes hypochlorhydria? So let's go through these. Uh, one of the causes is atrophic gastritis. This is due to antibodies against parietal cells. Of course, the parietal cells make hydrochloric acid in the stomach. Stomach cancer, stress, H. pylori. And it's been shown that eradication of H. pylori restores normal HCL levels. Severe iron deficiency, antacids, PPIs, and histamine blockers. Post-gastroenteritis, hypothyroidism, pernicious anemia, radiation therapy involving the stomach, gastric bypass surgery, and vasoactive intestinal peptides, and somatostantinomas. These are islet cell tumors of the pancreas, uh, pellagra, which is caused by a niacin deficiency, and then chloride, sodium, potassium, zinc, and iodine deficiency. All of those elements are required to produce stomach acid. Sjogren's syndrome. Uh, Menetrier's disease. And I didn't say Meniere's. That's Menetrier's disease. This is characterized by hyperplasia of mucus cells in the stomach. And that causes excessive protein loss and at least a hypoalbuminemia. So this will present with abdominal pain and edema. So stress is going to knock out stomach acid. And stress, uh, basically, that activates the sympathetic nervous system and uh, the splanchnic nerves. So the splanchnic nerves inhibit uh, digestive activity, suppresses gastric juices and HCL, also the pancreas and the gallbladder. And so those splanchnic nerves are activated uh, with stress. So it's really important to evaluate the individual's eating environment. So then you really need to decrease sympathetic stimulation during mealtimes. So no Facebook, no social media, watching TV, listening to the news, controversial discussions, eating while driving, on the run, things like that. All right. So... Malnutrition and food allergies are connected to hypochlorhydria. And we talked about those, uh, the chloride, sodium, potassium, zinc, and iodine all required for HCL production. And so malnutrition can also develop as a result of hypochlorhydria. And this will impair absorption of specific nutrients. So these include protein, iron, calcium, magnesium, zinc, vitamin A, vitamin E, copper, and all of the B vitamins. All of those can become deficient in hypochlorhydria. So the presence of both malnutrition and hypochlorhydria, this increases the risk of enteric infections. There's also an increased prevalence of food allergies with hypochlorhydria because they can't sufficiently denature proteins, and those proteins become more allergenic when they're not uh, cleaved by HCL the way that they should. So with hypochlorhydria, you get larger protein peptides. They remain in the gut and they're, they're more likely to trigger an immune system response resulting in allergies. And uh, the other thing that can happen with hypochlorhydria is malabsorption of medications. And this was found in a study by Yago that 
decreasing gastric acidity caused by PPIs impaired the absorption of uh, medications. And just taking betaine HCL lowered the gastric pH to less than 3 and restored the ability to absorb the medication. So some medications just won't work well if the patient is uh, hypochlorhydric. So if you want to learn how to have excellent success with complex cases like this, patients with complex hypochlorhydria, I would recommend the Hedberg Institute membership. You'll learn how to effectively practice functional medicine so you can tackle any complex case and become a world-class practitioner. Visit hedberginstitute.com to learn more, and all members will be able to download my full hypochlorhydria supplement protocol so you know exactly what to prescribe to patients. All right, so there's an increased risk of infection with hypochlorhydria. So this was a study done by Martinson, Bosmark, and Waldem in 2019. Uh, they found a significant increased risk of a variety of infections, bacteria, fungi, parasites. And there's also, uh, they found a significant change in the diversity of the GI microbiome, up to 20% in hypochlorhydria. All right, so the bacteria, you're more likely to get these bacterial infections with hypochlorhydria. Non-typhoid salmonellosis, cholera, campylobacter, E. coli, clostridium difficile, shigellosis, listeriosis, brucellosis, and H. pylori. Uh, these parasites you're more likely to get, strongyloides, giardia, and entamoeba histolytica. And then the fungi you're more likely to get are uh, candida albicans. And then these miscellaneous infections, Yersinia enterocolitica, enteroviruses, prions that cause Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, strep, staph, and enterococcus. All of those more likely to get with hypochlorhydria. So when you're looking at your uh, patient's stool analysis and you see these, that could be an indication of hypochlorhydria. All right, so how do we assess the patient? You obviously want to find out if they're taking PPIs or other medications that can suppress stomach acid. Look at their diet in detail for deficiencies and food allergies. Look at their signs and symptoms, which we went over. Definitely assess their stress level in general and also mealtime behavior and environment. And uh, one thing that's interesting to note, so gastric HCL increase during the follicular phase of the menstrual cycle, and they decrease during the luteal phase. So the first half of the cycle, a woman has more hydrochloric acid. The second half, they have uh, lower hydrochloric acid. So this is something to be aware of if the patient is reporting symptoms during a particular time of their cycle. And then just in general, aging is associated with decreased stomach acid. Really large variants, uh, hypochlorhydria in the elderly, and also depending on where they live. So only 10% of Americans reported hypochlorhydria compared to Japanese 
over 60% or Norwegians, 80% of those uh, elderly in those countries had hypochlorhydria. So a lot of that is due to diet and pathogens that they have, stress, things like that. All right, so how do we test? This, this is mainly a clinical diagnosis. You, you can figure this out just by talking to the patient. But uh, there are some tests that can be done. The radio telemetric capsules. This is the Heidelberg pH diagnostic system. It is a pretty expensive machine. It's also not 100% accurate, but it is, I guess, what we would call the standard when you read research papers on hydrochloric acid. They do use this uh, Heidelberg pH diagnostic system. The patient swallows a capsule and uh, it has a, a radio attached to it and that signals to the machine uh, through radio frequency the pH. Now you can also get pH sensitive tablets. This is called the gastro test and you can go to gastro-tests.com and this is a test that patients can do at home or you can do it in the office and the patient swallows a capsule attached to a string and then you pull the string out and uh, you use a reagent which changes the color of the end of the string and this can tell you the pH uh, of the stomach if the patient's hypochlorhydric. So that's a pretty easy and expensive way to do it at home or in the office. I would also recommend anti-parietal cell antibodies. So this is autoimmune antibody production against the parietal cells in the stomach, which make stomach acid. That's a pretty obvious choice to test for if they have severe hypochlorhydria. You also want to check intrinsic factor antibodies, which will tell you if they have pernicious anemia until they need B12. Also check H. pylori check their iron and their ferritin levels, a thyroid panel, and then rule out any other type of anemia. All right, so as far as treatment goes, uh, I use uh, Moss Nutrition, Betaine HCL capsules. These are 750 milligrams, about one to four capsules uh, per meal. And I'll, I will also use uh, bitters, so original bitters tincture, 30 drops, 15 to 20 minutes before each meal. And then I'll use a pancreatin select from Moss Nutrition. This has betaine HCL, but it also has pancreatic enzymes and uh, some other compounds in it to support digestion. And then for the plant-based patients who can't use uh, pancreatin, uh, because of the ox bile, I'll use a product from Moss Nutrition called Digest Select, which is a plant-based enzyme blend. So for more details on that, Hedberg Institute members uh, can log in to the Practice Tools page and download the Hypochlorhydria Protocol. And I have that all typed up with all of the details uh, that we went over today and all of the treatment option details, how to really use betaine HCL and the bitters, the pancreatin, the digest select, and a lot of extra information that uh, we didn't cover today on the podcast. It's very specific 
for patient care. Would you like to improve your patient outcome so you get more referrals and build the practice of your dreams? You can achieve this with the Hedberg Institute membership. The membership helps you master cases related to thyroid, gut health, autoimmune disease, hormones, infections, and more. I share with you all of my patient handouts, ebooks, therapeutic diets, protocols, and clinical pearls. You'll also get the most requested feature, which is weekly Zoom clinical rounds calls to go over your most difficult cases, questions, and labs. I'll help you navigate any case you need help with. Visit HedbergInstitute.com to subscribe and use the coupon code MEMBERSHIP2022 for one month free. That's coupon code MEMBERSHIP2022 for one month free. All right, I hope this was helpful to everyone. Take care, and I'll talk to you next time.